The opinions expressed on this podcast should be construed only as the opinions of the respective opiners, and some content may not be appropriate for Little Dragons. Discretion is advised. I can't never stop working hard. Each day I feel I have to improve. Hard work. Determination. I've got to keep pushing myself. Hello and welcome to Haya, the only podcast that's broadcast for the badass with a brain and hopefully a sense of humor. Episode 52 recorded sometime around 420 starts now. Good evening. <laughs> Indeed. Well, who, who is this? Who does this song? Well, this is Buckethead. This is Buckethead. Mm-hmm. We put all that in the show notes for quite a while, but it was too much work for me. <laughs> so people can refer back to those older shows and find out a lot about the music. So as you can hear, we got Bruce back in the house. Hey, good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning. How's it going? <laughs> I am Dave Jones, and this is Haya, your martial arts podcasting experience. So look, we're just going to do a quick intro here to set things up, but uh, Bruce has been out on the road. He's back again, so maybe he has a war story or two for us. We'll find out in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Same old, you know, boring story. Same old slap and tickle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, we're going to kick some stuff around here today. Just a couple of relaxed discussion topics because, you know, it's technically it's Good Friday over here, so we're all in kind of a somber mood. No, not really. I'm happy today. Yeah, I am too. Despite it being a rainy, drizzly day. I like it when it rains. Yeah. So uh, one of the things we're going to kick around is uh, having a public sparring group, get-together group. Um, Bruce has had a lot of experience with that. He he was in with a group here for about 10 years, right, in Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah, it was more uh, on the push hands and then the sparring end as far as what you would think of as point sparring or... Or you know, MMA sport type of yeah. sparring, but um, but yeah, we we met in Decatur Square for years, and anyone was welcome to come, and there were all kinds of people from all kinds of martial arts. It was a great experience, you know. Learned learned a lot, and got to test my theories against other people. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, we're gonna dig into that a little, and it was at the front of my mind because uh, one of our fellow trainers, uh, <laughs> almost went J Rock there for the trainees or Rizzle Rizzles, uh, <laughs> yeah, Trezanus. Um, <laughs> I love me some J Rock, uh, Pazama Granite Juice. But anyway, uh, no, we uh, uh, Tamron. Tamron has uh, got a little group going that you popped in on a couple of times. Just made me think about it. And there's probably some, you know, some little tips we can pass along about what to look out for and what not to do at one of these things. And, uh, you know. Uh, Keeping it friendly is, is one of the most important things, I think. You know, cause yeah. When, when you're you know, sparring or anything of the like with a stranger, you don't know what might offend them or, or what – you know, might might hurt them or scare them or intimidate them. You know, so you want to make sure that you keep things light and and understand where the other person is coming from and what they understand the rules to be. You know, agreeing on the rules that you're going to play by, I think, is is important. Yeah. You know. 
Right. So, well, you know what? Uh, screw an intro. We're off and running here. Bruce is ready to go, baby. Oh, well, oh <laughs> no, welcome. No. Welcome to the this evening's no, no, discussion. No. We were going to take an actual physical break so I could pass off the tiny uh, TV. You know what I'm going to let you do? Entertain the listeners here for a second, and I'll do my uh, fatherly duty, and uh, we'll just fire right into it. Doom, 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 doom. There's your entertainment. Them real good. <laughs> I heard some entertainment going on there. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so back to your point. <laughs> let's just go ahead. Yeah, let's just kick this one right off out of the box. Um. So yeah, so establishing guidelines, right? Knowing. Yeah. I so mean, what do you do? Do you have a waiver, or do they have a pamphlet they can peruse <laughs> when they show up? To no, you just. I mean, you you might want to talk a little bit about your mutual backgrounds or interests, you know, and. And um, figure out what you want to work on, you know. Uh, do you want to work on sports-type sparring skills? Or do you want to work on self-defense scenarios where you're getting mugged and you might have to defend yourself from that? Or, you know, uh, you know. so figure out what you want to work on first. And then, you know, come to an agreement. Hey, I'm going to go this hard. Will you defend with very little resistance so I can feel what success is? And then... Okay, now I feel that success. Now will you defend with, you know, now defend yourself, you know, and, and, yeah. you know, now, now all of a sudden I feel failure. You know, what, what was working a moment ago with cooperation is no longer working. So I, I want to find that middle ground between where it's not quite working. So I have to figure out how to get in a better position or, you know, yeah. So, but getting, getting that without um, going too hard. It's so, difficult. but yeah. I guess rule number one here that you're laying down for us is you need to have a conversation before you cross hands. I think so. That's I think that's very important to to be on the same page, you know, because one person might think it's okay to, you know, slap you in the face, and maybe you don't want to be slapped in the face for this practice session, right? You know? <laughs> or, or for me, that's fine. I don't really care as long as you know you re- you respect my you know fragile parts. Yeah, you hit me. Wh- what your face is not one of. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So I, I'm I'm fine with pretty much any level of contact, as long as people are not being overly aggressive or as long as angry. they're not actually trying to beat you up. Is, is that the deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there there have been a couple of instances where that's been the case. You know, where people get a little aggressive, and the best solution to that is to simply stop. You know, and unless you want to actually have a fight, but you know, just stop and 
work work out with someone else or just chill out for the rest of the session, you know, and watch yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Well, I've never had any problem with that with uh, most of my sparring groups because we all knew each other and we were all connected somehow, you know, via friendship or training together, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does how does having the thing open to the public change that? You know, you were, what you were just talking about is kind of a intersection with that problem. Yeah, I mean, with the open to the public and with practicing in public, even if it's just a private group, sometimes you'll get strangers that come up and show interest or, you know, or think that they know something better and want to show you something or, Oh yeah. Or they wonder what the hell you're doing and want to learn what you're doing. Yeah. So, or somewhere in between, hopefully. (laughs) But yeah, they, um, I, I think just getting, getting the communication of the ground rules of what's too much pressure or what's too much speed. Yeah. Is, is, that's the first thing you have to do, you know, and, and, um, oh, we already covered that though. Just a second ago. Right. But, <laughs> but is, is there a terminology that goes along with this? How do you communicate those issues with other people in a, I, mean, in a situation I try to like just that? sort of show an example of, of what pressure I'm going to put on and ask if, Hey, how's that feel? Is that cool? Are you, are you good with, with this? If I shove you like this, is that a little bit too much or can I go, you know, and, and you get to feel how they respond if they have. Uh, <laughs> if I grab your nuts and crank on them like this, is that too much? Do you, does, yeah, you does that bother find, you? You got to find your limits. Exactly. You know, <laughs> right. some people have different limits. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, getting getting to know people like the the group that we just did. I've I've uh, hung out with these guys two times now, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've I've only I've met Tamarin many times in class, you know. Yeah. But never had a, a full sparring experience with him. You know? And and um the other people that were there, it was my first time meeting them, you know. So one of them I've corresponded with, you know, on a on the internet. But uh beyond that, I don't know him. You know, I don't know if he's going to be aggressive or if he's going to have something to prove or think that I have something to or prove. Or if he's going to have bad BO yeah. or yeah. 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 Hey, <laughs> all kinds of things can happen. That, actually, you open your that's doors. another little point. Uh, Listerine is your friend. Yeah. Rule number two, <laughs> Listerine is your friend. Everybody's yeah. going to get sweaty, but try not to come in with a stale sweat on you that just gets reactivated and all the bacteria are just jumping off of you like fleas. It's not good. Yeah. But if if you're sparring, and to to jump around subjects with sparring though, if you're sparring outside without, you know, any kind of uh, padded floor or, you know, protective gear, I think taking a couple little extra safety measures is very important because you don't want to accidentally do this wonderful foot sweep, but now your friend has a cracked elbow, you know, that's yeah. You know, so you have to be very cautious. I think you know when you have a. When you're in a, a school or someplace with pads, you know, on the floor and, and if you're using gloves and headgear and all this, you can And you know that you know, <clears throat> the people you're playing with know how to fall. Yeah. You need to check that first, I would think, you know? Yeah, that's something And if they do know how to fall, they're probably gonna know how to flip your ass. <laughs> so you need to sort that out in the conversation. Back to rule number one. <laughs> and and for me, I'm like I said, I'm I'm open to anything as long as we're not going to injure each other, you know, right. I, I want to try it. I want to feel what it feels like, you know, any kind of failure you can give me, I, I want in a sparring context, you know, Cause, yeah. cause that, that's how you learn, you know, cause if somebody can do it to you a couple of times, well, at least you've experienced it. So you can, 
you know, you have a better chance than if you've never experienced that kind of pressure. You know, and that's one of the things I think sparring and push hands type of exercises give you. you know, and for me, push hands and sparring are pretty blurry line between the two. I, th- you know, I think some definitions, you know, may vary of, you know, what is what but yeah yeah well we did some stuff last last weekend that there wasn't sparring by any stretch but we loosened it up enough to where Mm -hmm. people could just experiment with the idea and the other person could be like no fuck you i'm gonna do this you know but it's it it, you definitely have to set a tone to find that uh that area where everybody can learn and and not feel threatened, but not feel like they're just waving their hands in the air either. You yeah, know? and yeah, you know, what one thing that I think is important also in these kind of settings is don't be the guy that's always correcting people and <laughs> telling them, "Oh, you know, you should have done this," or "You yeah. know, I would have done this," or whatever. Just go with it. If you see something that you know will legitimately help somebody, maybe offer something. But you know, just. Don't don't be that guy. I think is is an important thing with these types of meetings too. You know, because everyone's there. In my opinion, the best way to have these types of of sparring meetings or meetups or whatever is if there is no teacher figure. You know, there's no yeah. everyone's on an equal playing field. It's different than a class where somebody's teaching you a specific set of skills. You're there, you know, for this type of thing. In my mind, you're there to exchange ideas and to test your skills against somebody else's skill set you know because yeah you know like with we had um you know a shingy chuan person and a bagua and singy person practicing with you know myself which is primarily well I, i'm mixed martial arts of sorts <laughs> not in the sense of muay thai jujitsu and come on now yeah, bruce whatever, you know but, your mma stands yeah. for marvelous martial arts <laughs> yeah, marvelous martial arts exactly that's good i like that I'm going to steal that. TM. Marvelous TM. Martial TM. Yeah. Yeah. I practice marvelous martial arts. That's right. Yeah. Marvelous martial arts, Marvin Hagler, right yeah. there. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, with, with one, of the, one of the best bits of advice my original teacher gave me was to test my stuff out and try out how it works with other styles, you know, and, and to touch as many people as you can in a martial sense and um you know the not a creepy way at all <laughs> yeah, not in a creepy way yeah not like unless you're checking the oil them. because you're desperate yeah. in the ground yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean and from from doing that i've learned a lot about what i thought would work with what i was practicing or a particular direction i was going but then you learn oh shit it doesn't work because they're not going to hold their arm like all the students that I work out with every day do or whatever, you know, they're going to have a completely different reaction to all my training mates that have been trying this on successfully, you know? So, you know, failure, I think that, you know, I keep coming back to that, but failure is the important thing there. Yeah. And you know, I, like when I'm doing a class or if I'm in somebody's class, I want the opportunity to test things to failure. But uh, when I'm teaching the class, sometimes it feels like, uh, you know, too much failure is like watering down the brand or something, you know, (laughs) it just feels funny. So the reason I bring that up is because coming back to, uh, 
to what you were saying about you don't need a teacher figure in that sort of thing. I think it takes that pressure off and lets people get looser and have more fun and just kind of mm-hmm. kick it around, you know, which is which is good. And there's, you know, somebody in the group is always going to be the more experienced at whatever aspect of whatever you're doing, but that doesn't really matter to the, you know, like learning process or whatever of, of why you're hopefully there, you know, which is to make your shit better, you know. Right. Because it... You know, like um, just age-wise, I mean, Tamarin is 24-year-old man. I'm a 44-year-old man, you know. Mm-hmm. So our experiences are vastly different. Yeah. Know? So it's, yeah, you got to. But you got 80 pounds on him, Bruce. You got him You got him least, all day. <laughs> at least. But he's he's working out. It's big muscles now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's working on it. No, it's good to see the kids doing it and be like, oh, I was young and. Young once. <laughs> so, yeah, and I was I was kind of proud of him for going out there and doing that. Yeah, and yeah, I think one part of his motivation is to figure out what is strong and what is weak with what he's learning, you know, martial-wise, you know, from, you know, cause he, he, for example, practices a couple of different arts, you know, and, excuse me, I belch. Yeah, that's all right. No, he's got three going on at once right now, which is <clears throat> unusual. It's a modern thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, I don't think there are three arts that contradict each other because I, I, that is a possibility. You know, I think to, to study things that are completely opposing in idea and, and the way you use your body. But I think that. No, yeah. he's just training with the grognards around here. It's <laughs> it's a normal process. For some reason, some people are freaked out about that in martial arts. You know, you can't train all this stuff. You know what? If you're not training hard, you can't train that much at once because you'll just suck at all three of them because <laughs> you don't have enough time. But you yeah. know, if you're training hard enough and you kind of get your balance, then <clears throat> you're not going to race through any of the three. But uh, you can pack it all in. If if they're not telling you to do completely different things, <laughs> and that's that's where it gets confusing sometimes i think is you know things as simple as a horse dance you know from school to school or style to style a horse dance is entirely different position you know i do my horse dance gangnam (laughs) style gangnam style huh that's right (laughs) can you demonstrate that on the radio (laughs) yeah (laughs) bruce got an eye full of that (laughs) i can make it worse don't tempt me so clothed yes yes and we'll remain that way unless Bruce wrestles me to the ground. Not happening. Yeah. Oh, we got kind of <laughs> off topic there. <laughs> we were rambling around. So so who should not show up at a open sparring session? Who should not show up? In my opinion, somebody that's got something to prove should not show up because it should not be thought of as a contest. They have plenty of amateur mma fights you can go to if you really want to compete in that sense yeah you know you you should look at it as a way that you can help somebody else get better at their fighting skills and that you can get better at your fighting skills you know i mean that's that's what the goal of it is for me you Mm -hmm. know is figuring out how to you know defend myself better and you know if somebody else can yeah. mutually learn at the same time, that's all the better. You know? and, well, and if you click with the right person or you get going really well with somebody, then 
it can be almost intense as a as a sporting fight kind of encounter. It's just that nobody's out to win it. You know, you're it's a symbiotic thing as opposed to a, a you know a, a contested mm-hmm. event. And one thing I like to do with with sparring is I I prefer to have it instead of a continuous thing where you go for a five minute round or whatever. I would rather think of it as individual engagements and start over as soon as you know like i want to get the better of you and then or fail at getting the better of you and then start over with you attacking me again and figuring out how to get out of that attack rather than an ongoing battle you know which would be more of a sporting type of training i think which is but that takes it back to that sort of blurry line but between application and actual you know Mm -hmm. sparring or whatever you want to call it um and uh, you know again flashing back to last weekend during the part where we opened it up a little bit, that was the part where, you know, it's like you actually got to throw a push at me. And I, I remember one specific incident where what I was trying to illustrate, you went for it because Bruce don't, you know, he won't hold back too much. <laughs> and uh, I neutralized it with the, the, the fade back off the ward off piece of that thing. And I felt it. I was like, that was a good one. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Bruce, did you feel that? And you were like, yeah, I felt that. And I'm like, that's what I'm trying to show here. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, that's how that works. If it works. <laughs> and f- feeling it is the only way to really know. And to, you got to put a little pressure on to feel it. Right. But the pressure has to be respectful or whatever. Like you can't just bully somebody. Well, no, you gave me pressure. a good hard push, but you didn't try to you know squirrel me up and beat my expectations of what we're about to do and all that stuff that's but you know that's part of what you get into when you're talking about sparring then mm-hmm. it becomes that head game of uh, you know how do i fuck with this guy and how do i get over on him well uh, you have to be uh, intellectually honest i don't know you have to be honest with yourself and with your training partner when you're sparring because it's the speed and intensity will just not be the same as a real fight no matter how you slice it. it just it's not the same because you're not hurting your right and your goal isn't to hurt your partner so there's a little bit of uh pretend going on there if you will right you know yeah when you're, when you're sparring like you know even Let's if i punch you in the face playing. yeah even if i punch <laughs> you in the face i haven't followed through with all of my weight and speed with that punch you know what i mean because we're just training or if you, know? you so, did you just lost a training partner <laughs> and potentially set yourself up for a lawsuit you <laughs> <Yeah>. know <laughs> i mean but you have to you have to be honest as you take it as you trade and receive soft blows in that context of what actually, yeah was that in the right spot yeah did it catch me by surprise did it you know did it defeat my plan or whatever and then figure out how you can counter that and you know did i have control of his center did i redirect him did i or did i just touch him you know i mean because like sometimes you you know you throw a strike and you're like in my head even though i mean my fist landed on him i don't count it as as i a successful strike because i i would not have been able to ramp it up if i wanted to punch harder you know what I mean? Like, a, it, but some strikes, you know, you're in a position and you know that if you accelerate yeah. a little bit, that that is a powerful strike and it will go. And it, into it's funny yeah. when you're really in position and everything's lined up and you do it. If you put no power on it, they'll feel it yeah. because they'll feel your whole structure behind it. Yeah. And, and that, you'll that's feel what it. I'm you'll looking like, for. That's it. That feeling yeah. is sort of what I'm looking for yeah. in, in a lot of these, you know, light sparring situations. Yeah. You know, is, is feeling if my structure is 
you know, if I'm able to deliver my mass, you know, in, in, into your structure. Cause like you, with, with paying attention where the, the diamond or square is, like you got your heels as two points and, you know, in front of you and behind you as the other two points. Right. So if you, if you pull to the tip of the diamond, right. It, the, or push, those are your weak directions, right? Uh, I think that makes sense on the radio to anyone. <laughs> but, uh, Someone. <laughs> it makes sense to me. Anyways, you, that's always changing when you're, when you're moving around. You know, when, when you're just standing there trying to work on an application, it's really easy to feel where their weak side is or where their strong leverage side is. But when, when moving around, it adds a whole new set of difficulty because you have to continually change your position to, to match theirs or to not let them follow yeah. you. Yeah. And one of, one of the good things about light sparring like that is it counteracts one of the things that screws people up when you start doing heavier applications, which is the, the UK or your, your training partner, whoever, they always know what it is you're about to do because you're probably both working on the same thing, you yeah. know? And uh, they will fucking sandbag you, you know, when it gets heavy. So if it's all coming out of the blue and nobody's really sure what's going to happen next, it it negates that. And if you can keep the contact around the same level, then that's a kind of a sweet spot there. Mm -hmm. I've, I've never really had any, any horrible experiences with anybody that I've met in a, in a open sparring session there there were a couple of schools here in atlanta that had you know this years ago and um you know joel has passed away since but he had an open yeah, joel rodriguez yeah, yeah he had an open sparring session at his school he'd let anybody you know come in and you know, it was pretty cool you know because a lot of in chinese martial arts it's hard to find um people who will you know engage in anything with any kind of resistance you know i mean it's <laughs> it's sort of frustrating yeah, right. cause it I mean, especially in, in internal martial arts, which leads to something that I want <laughs> yeah. to talk about, you know, which is what is internal martial arts? What's that mean? You know, yeah. And we're about that, to take a little break and we'll pick that up in the second part of the right. show. Yeah. So th- think but, about that for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, did we cover everything we wanted to cover about this? Um, yeah. Well, I, you know, if, if you Listerine. Listerine. Set some ground rules. Have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, have a conversation. Agree on what you're gonna. This sounds like sex. On, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta set pick the ground a place. rules. Pick a safe word. <laughs> yeah, have a, you know, there has to be a safe word. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Stop hitting me. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and you know, it's incumbent upon everybody that goes into that to tuck their ego into their pants and go in. You know, with uh, heavy hands and a light heart. I always fall back on that one. If if by chance you injure your training partner, help him out and show some concern too. You know, if, if what don't know. strut around going cock a doodle doo. Yeah, I mean, like, try oh. to try to. Um, that was unprofessional, Bruce. You <laughs> broke flow when there was interaction going on in the champagne uh, in the uh, studio here. <laughs> There's cigarettes flying around the room. Yeah, it's, it's scary. like magic. <laughs> it's like, <boom>. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, I want one. Screw it. You know what? I think we've hit this one. We can always come back to a topic. Uh, but we rambled on a good bit about uh, a lot of shit connected to uh, having a spark. It's a good thing, I think. You know, it's, it can be difficult to start one of those or even show up at them if you're a teacher in the area because 
then you're setting yourself up for yeah trouble. See, I, I have nothing to lose in that regard because I'm yeah. not a teacher. I have had a couple of people I've taught over the years, but I'm not like I'm not a teacher, so I don't have that pressure on me of right. Yeah, you know, and it's not like I'm making and, my living. I'd be a lot more likely to do it now than I would have five years ago. Let's say yeah. when I was teaching more students and and more active as a teacher. I'm semi-retired. I, I, I wish, <laughs> like I, I wish my Tai Chi teacher, for example, I wish he had been more open to doing stuff like that with you know more people in 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 the school. You know, because outside of the school, when he traveled, he he did plenty of exchanging, and he would he'd play around with me. But a lot of people didn't really get it because there was the master and the whatever. Well, they had a different model yeah. over there, and he was afraid of breaking his rice bowl. Yeah. Yeah, but it, he had skills to back it up. So he, he well, I'm not saying afraid. he's bad. And as a matter of but fact, there's a letter in the mailbag that I think we need to read with you tonight. We'll we'll pick a couple oh, of those up at the yeah. very end. But it, it connects back to the Shaolin Do, and it's not an attack on you. It's a question. It's a really good question. Interesting. So, yeah. Okay. Well, we've set you up here for the rest of the thing. Uh, we're gonna drop it like it's hot. Pop out in the champagne lounge, and we'll be right back. champagne lounge i know the roof is done caved in on us <laughs> we're huddled in the one dry spot out there <laughs> hoping for the best Ah, uh, yeah still at least finally after all these polar vortex dips we've had it's it's starting to get spring-like uh, i don't mind the weather i like different weather every day it's cool well stick around <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, so uh, you have a topic you want to discuss here, and I, I gotta—it's a good topic to discuss. But I have to admit, I would have liked to prepare maybe a little bit more for this, get my head together. But you know what? I think maybe it's for the best that we just go ahead and dive in. So go ahead and let me have it, Bruce. 
what is internal? What does it mean to practice an internal martial art? Hmm. Like what, versus an external martial art? No, just even just what is an internal martial art? Just what is it? Yeah. What makes it internal? Like I've heard so many different answers to that question that it's very confusing. So, yeah. I mean, some people have said that an internal martial art means that it's a martial art that originated in China. Some people have said the internal martial art is a in, is something that follows the principles of yin and yang and and was a you know originated in Taoism. Some people say that internal martial art uses chi. So, or yeah, what? yeah, and I'm uncomfortable with all of those definitions, but. <laughs> Look, I think <clears throat> it, it, historically there is sort of a a, a, a thin storyline there, near as I can tell, which is that, or near as I know, which my knowledge of these things is not deep because uh, you know there's only so many hours in a day, and when it comes to martial <laughs> arts, I don't, I stopped spending a lot of my time thinking about this stuff a long time ago because I had a good enough answer for myself. Um, but if you, uh, oh, Jesus, I have a hard time getting the head rolling here, but it will, it'll catch <laughs> up with me in a second. Uh, yeah, uh, they're uh, historically speaking. Sorry, fuck me. I'll have to edit that out for sure. <laughs> Leave that in. That was very thought provoking. It's a beautiful piece piece yeah. of back and forth with myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, so before I forget again what I was talking about, um, and uh, internal martial arts, uh, the historical side of it. This really didn't become a distinction, I don't think, or nothing I've seen has led me to believe that this was a real distinction between the martial arts before, you know, the the 19th century, maybe 18th century. So I don't think it's something that goes very deep Mm -hmm. in that regard, because I think before it became... uh, in some ways, partially a nationalistic thing or a pastime for for the civilian population. There was no question when you did martial arts that you were trying to kill someone, you know, or hurt them or take their shit or whatever. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why you would train that stuff in a society that didn't have a lot of time for frivolity, <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of luxury. Uh, the tribe over the next hill was always going to come raid your camp if you didn't raid theirs first or whatever. So I, I think it's a fairly new distinction is what I'm trying to say before we even jump off on this topic. Wow, it took me a long time to get around to that. I could have said that so in two a, sentences. it's a new idea, the, the idea of a martial art being internal. I think it is idea. relatively. So what, what idea are they trying to express, though, by differentiating it? What are they, like, well, what are they trying to say? You know, it, and it's probably a funny question for somebody that says that they practice Tai Chi Chuan to even ask, okay? Right. Right? But it's... Like it, it just seems so mysterious. <laughs> well, there's one of the reasons it came into being. It adds a little mystery to things. But let's not concentrate on that side of it yet, because that's kind of where I think the dark side begins. <laughs> um, I think partially it was marketing. Like you know, you think about what are the three big internal schools, and when did those schools of martial arts really come into power, and where do they come into power? You know, or into uh, you know cultural dominance in in China. 
And, it, you know, northern China, Beijing, turbulent period, fairly recently, again, historically speaking, <clears throat> the three big internals, Xingyi, Taiji, Bagua, mm-hmm. came out of the same region, you know, or became most popularized in that same region at that time. That's when it hit the public. So you can look at internal arts as just one way of branding that. But there are systems all over China and all over the world that have internal components. These components can range from, you know, uh, trying not to cut yourself with a machete with your golden bell or something like that, which I think is a very dangerous place to go, to what I think of as the end, what, when I define internal for myself, uh, and I say, okay, all right, sure, fine, Bagua is an internal art. Well, what that means is that we're going to focus primarily on moving your weight staying centered or you know concentrating on that side of the equation more than like building up state specific strength for you know throwing the hardest punch in the history of man or whatever by lifting weights for that arm or something (laughs) this is a really bad definition so again i'm going to be long-winded and hopefully you can sum this up are you talking about it, it a certain type of structure is required that's really, it's thinking about your own structure, that internal art, you know. So, whereas something like uh, Northern Shaolin, which I trained for many years and love and think it's a great thing, but it will explore your every angle your body can hit, right? You know, there are fucking weird ass postures, and I just kind of halfway made one of the microphone contortionist that you'll hit, but it's good, it's challenging, it, you know, it, it shapes the body. But it's not directly related to fighting in most cases. And something that calls itself an internal art seems like it should, at least uh, at the basis of it, understand that there are more efficient ways to move your body and more likely ploys to play. And try to just, you know, relaxed, center-oriented, and not, uh, not any more athletic than you need to be. You know, <laughs> so where where does chi come in into it? Because wh- whether chi is a mysterious thing or whether it's just you know the energy in your body, however you want to interpret it, I think chi is is what some people use as a qualifier of martial art being internal. Is if you use chi for the movement, so like see, I, I've been no, told I my think... chi like I, I I've been told my chi is up here in my shoulders instead of down here in my you know center or whatever by some people but what, what do yeah. they mean by that like what what chi or what is that you must move the chi to the dante <laughs> yeah i mean like it's some of these i guess might be almost rhetorical questions in that i think it's just something more simple than people make it out to be like these well, look, I think the chi part of this is an artifact of the times, both the times when this this sort of classification came into being and the times now, which in both cases, there's an element of spirituality or magic that goes into martial arts that's popular to a certain segment of the population who may be the part of the population that you're trying to make your rent money off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And I hate to throw it into that because Craig would, I'm sure, boomerang on me and say, no, 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 chi is not about that. You do totally misunderstand the concept of chi. Um, And maybe I do, but from my perspective, 
Um, I don't see that as being the important part of it at all. I think that's a cultural piece of baggage that got brought along from that period. And it appeals to people just as strongly today, which is probably why it got brought along. You know, it's, it's looking for magic. And if you're talking about martial arts, again, I don't think, you know, there's magic in the way that there's magic in the world. You know, <laughs> there's sweetness and love and light. And sometimes things go exactly perfect and all that stuff. Yeah, there's your magic. But it's not, your breathing, your deep breathing exercises are not making you a better fighter directly. Right. <laughs> you can do Qigong and stuff to get at the psychological aspects. And again, I'm using the term Qigong broadly because I'm not talking about just some concocted recipe of, you know, put your left finger on your nose and, and breathe three times and then face east and, you know, <laughs> face east. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, you know, sitting down and, and breathing and, and maybe following some sort of guided meditation, maybe doing it on your own, but digging into your own headspace. Mm-hmm. I don't see how that would be problematic for anyone and it could be productive, you know? So, yeah. So the, you know, having those elements built into the system, I think if used correctly are part of what makes it a quote unquote in the scare quotes, come out here, (laughs) internal art. But I also think that that, that term is a big piece of rhubarb, you know, it's, (laughs) I don't think it really does mean anything. It means a lot of different things. And that's the problem with any classification system. But, you know, there are internal elements and external systems all over the place, and there are external elements and internal systems. Uh, Just using the criteria that I've been laying out, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you can't can't soft someone to death, you know. You can't can't take a piece of boneless chicken and stab somebody with it. You just can't, you know. If you had the right velocity, you might be able to. No, I don't think even a tornado could stab you with a piece of boneless chicken. Ah. It could probably just smack you really hard. It would leave a boneless chicken-shaped bruise across your forehead. But I don't think it's going to stab you. I bet if it was going fast enough. Nope, no. It's acceleration. I don't think so, man. It's too <laughs> how big. Fast, how when fast air resistance. boneless piece of chicken have to go? It's the air resistance, Bruce. <laughs> Like a piece of straw, sure, you could embed that in concrete because it's rigid, and if you get it moving fast enough, it's all focused on one point. But a big-ass piece of boneless chicken <laughs> would just whomp into your body, and, you know, yeah, it's going to leave a mark. It's going to leave a mark if you get hit with a tornado-speed <laughs> piece of boneless chicken. We should if make a boneless at, chicken If it was cannon. thrown at you with internal power, though. Well, see, that's the thing. Fuck internal power. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just speaking off the cuff <laughs> here tonight. I'm not trying to gird myself. But... I. Internal power is just, it's body mechanics. There's nothing more to it. And really all it is is what I was trying to hit at earlier. Internal systems may rely less on the velocity of the punch, but you know, on positioning and driving your whole body weight through something. Mm-hmm. And that may sound like a but really to, crude distinction. To, to but, me, that, that makes a lot of sense for any martial art, though, to use... I mean, like any, I it think does, any and they all do it. So there's no way we can claim to be that, the right? internal families, and nobody has our secrets or anything. It's so, so what I'm getting at with my question of what is internal, right. I guess, is what is the difference? Like, and the only difference that I can hear from a lot of source from a lot of people is chi is the difference in internal or external. Because no matter what art you study, you want to deliver the maximum amount of mass at the highest rate of speed to make the, to make power. I mean, yeah. pretty much, you know, 
force <laughs> equals mass times acceleration. It's a very simple physical equation. And, you know, that's that's why I think the whole chief thing is not really helping the conversation any. <clears throat> because I everybody's going to have a different definition for chi. So let's find, let's just go ahead and enumerate all those different definitions so we have something we can actually work with. You see what I'm saying? What I personally think chi is? (coughs) Yeah. I mean, I I personally think that it's the, the energy or electricity that powers your body. I don't know much about it, but I think um, bioelectricity, I think might be, what what it might be called, but I, I don't think it's anything special. I think it just is. It's the it's your energy. Well, it certainly yeah. is in the sense it, of we consume calories and we create at you know ATP, and that you know fuels our biological processes. You know, yes, and there's there is electricity involved involved in that. But I can point right over your right shoulder at a book that goes kind of overboard with that. You know, mm-hmm. how far are you going to read into that? Is it making magic, you know? Um, so if you're talking about just a simple bioelectric field, which we all have, then is how could any to- martial art not be internal? We're all using that same thing right. to make is our Is it possible to manipulate that energy in different ways, though? I mean, do do some people manipulate their energy in a way that they can use it in their martial arts skills? Well, everyone manipulates whatever energy, i.e. capacity to do work that they have to their martial arts skills all the time. I mean, that's what makes it work. Um, So I don't think there's any, there's no special pattern of breathing or anything else that's going to give you some magical power. So that's not what I read in this one book. I know. <laughs> and you know what? I'm sure we have listeners that would uh, beg to take issue with me on this, which is fine. This conversation's about uh, or this podcast is about open conversation on these topics. Opinions. And I usually keep my shit under my hat, but you know, whatever. Tonight, uh, we'll face it square on. I mean, what is I'm it? known for sharing opinions. Yeah. So you just gave a definition of chi that might be very different from someone else's definition of chi, right? I, I would qualify that definition that I gave with, uh, I don't know, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm saying, like, that's what it might be as far as I can so tell. So many people use that. I don't know what it is. Many people use that term for a combination of, you know, your psychology, your intent, your ability to think under fire, your experience, your training, you know, your subtlety, your craftiness. There's all sorts of things that could be lumped under that when we're talking about martial arts. You know, oh, that guy's got a lot of chi. Well, he, what, he put you on the ass a few times? You know, what happened here? What actually happened here? And, yeah, if, if you're using it that way, it's fine. It's just so vague that I can't, I can't justify it, especially when many people want to use chi to say, I will knock you down from over here, Bruce, and I'm not even going to get up out of my chair and I'm not going to touch you. Is it Lin Kong Jin? Lee Kong Jin. Lee Kong Jin? Yeah. Empty force? Yeah. Empty farce? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's a hotly debated topic on internet martial arts Of course arts it is. There's no debate in, in science, you know, I've, textbooks. <laughs> but, I've met... And, um, a couple of people who 
I don't think they do Ling Kong Jin as an empty force without touching you. Right. But one, one person here in Atlanta who I, I think I've talked about on the podcast before, he, um, he practices some form of Tai Chi Chuan. I'm not sure. And, um, he says that his teacher can cause a physical effects in you without touching you, but he personally can't. But this, this gentleman when doing like what I call the balance game, I guess with a push hands type of exercise, was had just an incredible type of root and sensitivity that I've never felt in anyone before. And he was one of the types that sort of does that strange hop back that you right. see in the Ling Kong Jin videos. You know, and, and um I, I couldn't really understand why he was doing that, but I definitely felt something very different in his root and structure than any other person I've ever touched. You know, and and he's you know, he's the closest, I guess, to me seeing some kind of um, actuality of that type of skill. You know, but, um, you know, so it's, it's like, yeah, but you got, I mean, I, I'm sure the guy was really skilled at that, but, you know, you're looking at a narrow subset of skill for, the, for one thing. Like, mm-hmm. this was, I assume, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, was demonstrated under a fairly narrow set of parameters. Yes, push what, what I call the balance game of push hands. Basically, you're standing in a stationary position and you um, touch hands at the elbow and wrist, basically, and then you find each other's center of gravity and you know try to take advantage of of you know try to off balance the other person for the sake of that exercise. That's the type of exercise right. we were doing, and that's great, and that's a component of it. But you know, you could also imagine. Let's say uh, we've both been noodling a little on the guitars tonight. You can imagine. <laughs> You can imagine someone who sits down and says, I'm going to be the best picker in the world. So they spend 80% of their practice time getting to the point where they can pick clean 64th notes, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's 80% of their time. What have they sacrificed to get that greasy and subtle? They can't play any actual songs. Doesn't matter how many 64th notes you can play per second if you can't play a song. Right. (laughs) And so basically what I'm saying is there's a broad range of, uh, there's a, a big skill of sweets, uh, sweet, mm-hmm. ah, ah, there's a big suite of skills, parenthood, it will drive you insane. Sweet skills? There's some sweet skills that you need to, <laughs> to, uh, to function in a, in a fight environment, right? And being too obsessive about one or the other or the other may make you a specialist and it may make you, you know, um, impressive, extremely impressive in a certain field. But, mm-hmm. you know, do those people cross? If somebody impressed me that way, I would want them to impress me by crossing the line in other places too. Mm-hmm. When, I mean, in, in the context of this particular guy's skills, I think with um, free fighting, when we would do some, you know, light sparring or whatever, he he was sort of lost and didn't really have. I mean, he didn't have a background or probably even much of an interest in that type of right. thing. He only did it to really indulge me, I think, you know. But it, the skills he had, though, were were something I I thought were really interesting, and possibly what people are talking about when they talk about internal, you know, like it, like is what he was doing. Is there something that was internal about it, or like it, did he was he using his? I mean, it, it seemed to. I mean, on a physical level, it seems like it's just leverage and body position, 
you know, and, and on a logical level, that's what it seems like. It must be just position, leverage, distance, yeah. But mm-hmm. is there something different that he was doing? Like is, you know, I didn't notice him breathing in any special way or, or doing anything special. No, there wasn't. I yeah. think it's just that he's, that's the game this guy has played, you know, and he's extremely good at it from playing that game a lot. And there's, again, there's nothing wrong with it. We all specialize a little bit one way or another. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't sound like there's anything outside the realm of physics happening over here, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, again, it's always my teacher or some step removed where, um, you know, oh, well, he can just look at you and make you vomit, you know? <laughs> or, you know, wiggle his fingers and your heart explodes. Nobody ever encounters that firsthand. Nobody ever well, encounters. Stories. I've been around a lot of fucking martial artists, and no one ever encounters that firsthand. Never, stories never that you hear like that of of your you know your teacher doing this or that. A lot of times, you have to put into context that you were just standing there with your arm hanging out in slow motion while your teacher, at a high rate of speed, did all these thirty techniques while you did nothing. You know, so it's that's. Or just because you trusted him, you allowed him to set you up perfectly for what he was about to do. So he had a perfect result, you know. Yeah. And uh, and there's something to be said for that because you kind of have to show people that without hurting them or doing anything, you know, malicious. <laughs> but show them uh, what happens when it works right. Because as soon as you start practicing it with somebody else, they're going to be sandbagging you, either mm-hmm. subtly or overtly. So because they know what you're trying to do. But... Mm-hmm. You know, get the feel for what happens when it works perfect, and then when you get crafty because of all their sandbagging, you occasionally make it work perfect on them, and then you're like, oh, that's how it goes. But n- n- nothing's appropriate unless it's appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we could try to tie that to in- internal arts, too, you know, being uh, your your state, your mental state when you're fighting, you know? They definitely have sort of a specific suite of consciousness techniques that they use in the quote-unquote internal arts. They're not exclusive to them, but that's part of what we identify. Remain calm? Yeah, yeah. Detached calm. Is you there know. any art that teaches you to panic? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. You know, I think yeah. these same elements are going to come out in any system. That's not utter bullshit, you know, or never gets tested or whatever. <laughs> and the problem is when you start dragging chi through it, then a lot of internals, they just stop testing each other. Mm-hmm. They claim they're internal. They're like, well, no, you, you don't understand. I've developed this special power and it's too great and I can't really use it. But if I don't use it, I can't, you know, I can't just arm wrestle with you because I'm not that strong. Yeah. Okay. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's, I, I suppose there's enough mystery out there though. And there's a few people that I would really enjoy having a chance to feel what they do that present some things, you know, they're, they're absolutely, but don't just look for it in people who are internal stylists, look for it everywhere. There are people with mind blowing skill at very specific things. And some of them are, we still, you know, I've run into a few polymaths too. They're just fucking good at everything, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are, those people are are scary, and they're the best kind of people to hang out with and train with when you can, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't just say it's it's an internal secret lurking out there. It's just people. I've, I've used this example before on the podcast, but I guess it's going way back. You know, if you look at, can you pick up eight ping pong balls and juggle them and keep them all in the air at once while doing contortions? No, but I know a person that can. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've seen <laughs> I've seen it done in, in, in you know Cirque du Soleil or whatever. So it's doable. People, human beings, they put enough time and energy into something. That's a fucking internal skill right there. If I've ever seen one, <laughs> fucking ping pong balls. They barely weigh anything, you know. This asshole's juggling six yeah. of them while he's got two balanced on the back of his <laughs> neck and he's in a plank position. You know what? It's ridiculous stuff. But if you spend, if you're a human being and you spend eight or 10 hours a day doing something, you will get spooky good at it unless you break something, you know? True. And I'm not that guy. So I'm, I guess I'm a lousy internal martial artist because <laughs> I, I, you know, I've got, I spent a lot of time on martial arts, but I don't have that time anymore. And so where I could be moving forward, I'm just holding ground and, you know, trying to keep it a part of my life. But, you know, does that mean I'm a, not an internal martial art teacher? Kind of, because I don't ever really claim to be. <laughs> I teach Bagua. <laughs> it's a system. That, that some people attach the name internal to. And some I people. think that's what part of what the name internal is used for is it tags a system in a specific area, region, place, and time. And so it's useful shorthand in that sense. You know, mm-hmm. I don't object to the term in that, in that regard. All right. So I guess we've come to the conclusion that I still don't know what internal is. <laughs> I still really don't either. I just have certain ways in which that word is useful to me and certain ways in which it's not useful to me. I'll still say that I practice an internal martial art, though. How about that? And I will, too. If so, <laughs> if somebody knows anything about Chinese martial arts and they say, oh, what do you do? Uh, or martial arts in general. You know, say, oh, I do Bagua. And they're like, oh, uh, I may have heard of that. I'll say, well, it's one of the internal arts. It's in the same family with Xingyi and Taiji Chuan. So, uh you know, it gives people context. It lets them know. Although, you know. Well, I'm horrible with the names, too. Like, I say Tai Chi Chuan. I don't know how to say Tai Chi Chuan oh, yeah. or whatever. Tai Chi Chen. <laughs> I can't. I'm not tai good Chen. at trying to. Chen. Chinese. <laughs> tai Chi Chen. Tai Chi Chen. Chuan. Bing. Uh, now you wrong. say. <laughs> I said it wrong. But anyways, I say it wrong too. I'm uh, yin yang fist way method style. Yeah. There we uh, go. <laughs> well, lucky for all of us, this is not a Chinese language podcast. <laughs> Good thing. Yeah. They wouldn't know what the hell I was saying. This would be even more like gibberish then. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to take a short break and maybe we'll pop back in for just a minute to, uh, uh I want to get Bruce's opinion on one, uh, email we got. I have opinions. All right. Well, we're going to be right back with that. Of course, there's plenty of room on the end of this internal discussion, and we're coming off the cuff here tonight. We're having a laid-back show. There was not a lot of pre-planning. There was not a lot of – there was uh, pre-enchilada pie lasagna eating. (laughs) Delicious. Yeah. Thank you, Tice. So, anyway. Yes. Thanks, Tice. We will be right back with more.
Okay. <clears throat> Hello, folks. We're back. Is this thing on? Yeah, yeah. We have you uh, connected to the interwebs, Bruce. <laughs> I feel very connected right now. <laughs> yeah. Does that have anything to do with internal being connected? Yeah, internal something or other. Again, this show is recorded on 420, folks. <laughs> is it the 20th? No, no, no. It, uh, that's about when it's going to be released. <laughs> oh, whatever. I'm just fudging. I'm fudging the numbers here. Um, so, yeah, we've done a lot of good rambling. And you know what? I hate this because this happens all the time with this podcast. I'll ramble around trying to get to a point, and then I'll walk outside with the people involved in the podcast, and five minutes after we walk outside, I'll say it perfectly. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll encapsulate it just the way I wanted to say it. It's like, damn, it's already too late. The pressure's on now, Dave. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Actually, the pressure's off. This is the wind down for a high uh, podcast, episode 52. But before I let Bruce go, and you listeners, um, I wanted to uh, <clears throat> dig into the mailbag a little bit. And we've actually got a bunch of good stuff in here. So I'll probably I'll probably pull that out next episode for the, the big go round. I like to print them out so I can read them in the large type. All right. But I'm going to read off the computer here for this one because I wanted to make sure Bruce got a crack at this. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Mm. So here comes the message body. It's uh, it's from Judah. Uh, it says, Dear Haya. I would like to start with saying that I thoroughly enjoy your podcast and it has made doing household tasks and chores go by much faster. <laughs> That's what I use podcasts right. for a lot too, actually. <laughs> I have listened to all the episodes leading up to the last one and have relished every moment of the martial artsy goodness. However, I have one important question to pose. Unbeknownst to me, for a period of time, I have been attending one of the infamous Shaolin Do schools. <sighs> However, this one no longer sports the dough part of the name, nor does it spam people with ridiculous fees for everything. Even stranger, it does not fit any of the criteria or stereotypes said by the other martial artists about it. The Sherfu is a great teacher and a family friend, and I've learned many life lessons here and have certainly learned to fight better. Out of all the other martial arts schools in the area that I live in, I still find it one of the best and most practical. I've entertained the thought of quitting because of the reputation of these schools and how ridicule from other martial artists, even though I try to keep this on the down low. Even if I did want to quit, there are no other foo schools around. How do I tell other martial artists what style I practice? How long should I stick with this? Is it worth sticking with? Will we ever hear from the Craigenator again? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will hear from the Craigenator again. Don't sweat it. Isn't he sitting over there in the cabinet? No, 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 no. He's rummaging around in the kitchen now. I think he's crawled into one of those cabinets. <laughs> I, I heard crunching earlier. Uh, best wishes, Judah Hyde. P.S. Judy Chop. <clears throat> that goes way back. Um <laughs> So, okay, I, do you see why I wanted to read this email to you, Bruce? Because I know yeah. you've been through all of this before. So I have been ridiculed many times because of the, uh, because of the people that I are associated with, the people I learned Tai Chi from, um, which is, you know, I guess from the Shaolin Do organization. Um, my teacher in that organization 
I thought was a fantastic martial artist and taught me fair things and you know was and was great to learn from it however came with a lot of baggage and that was people outside of our school would generally judge and ridicule every aspect of what I did but one of the things that made that better for me is going around and meeting all of these people and stomping on them. <laughs> no, I mean, nine times What'd out of ten. What'd you say there, Bruce? <laughs> I, nine times out of ten, these people that were talking shit about whatever I learned from, you know, my time practicing at the Chinese Shaolin Center under this Shaolin Do art, um, they they could not best me in a physical confrontation or whatever. Right and and but they had these pristine pure lineages, and that sort of taught me that it really does not matter about the lineage; it matters about the teacher and your individual circumstance and what's available to you. If yeah. if you're in a town and Shaolin Do is what's available to you, and you find that this teacher is an ethical person, there's no problem. And anybody that has a problem with it, you know, is probably an asshole. Can fuck off. <laughs> yeah and. <laughs> Got to secure our explicit rating <laughs> for the episode. Oh, yes. They can <laughs> fuck off. right off. <laughs> Swearing. Sorry. Sorry, Bruce. Swearing. I know your ears are tender. Yeah, my ears are tender. You only work foul, with the rock bands. All this okay. foul language is very offensive. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Judah, I would, I would say keep on studying with your teacher and learn everything you can from your teacher. And um, if you have an opportunity to practice with people outside of your system, I would advise doing that. And you'll find, I think what works for you and what's of value to you. And, um, you know, I, I would be proud to have whatever, you know, be proud of whatever you do. You know I mean? Don't, don't let somebody else's problems, you know, the like Sinte and the whole Shalendo thing. You know, there's, there's a lot of, um, controversy about his history and, what he made up and didn't make up. And, you know, there's depositions that you can read online with his words about, you know, yeah. what, what you we've know, talked about it yeah. on the podcast before. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's all pretty frustrating if you're a student who put a lot of time and effort into the history and into trying to preserve something ancient or whatever. But if yeah, that wasn't like your you, goal, yeah. you know, if your goal wasn't to preserve some ancient tradition, then there's really not a problem, you know, if your goal is to learn martial arts, to become fit, to learn how to defend yourself, to have fun, to have an activity to do for three hours a week or one hour a week or whatever it is you do, that's great. Shaolin does awesome. Ah. Yeah. But well the the and again, you know, Bruce, you come from a Shaolin Do background, you know, oh God, I'm crossing over here. I got a I got a garlic <laughs> necklace on. But you know what? Bruce as an individual is a lovely person to train with. He's very sensitive to you know, we talked about this earlier in the episode. We're talking about, you know, sparring with people in a public sparring. But Bruce is the best guy you're gonna run into because, you know, he's got he will play the game with you and he will ratchet up at your will, but he's also just nice about it the whole time. And he has skill. He comes in with a package of skills and we knew the day he showed up to, to train with us, for instance, that this guy's got skills. So we don't have to worry about that. And he has the right attitude. So where the Thank fuck you. he got that from, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing people. And I want to impress this upon you, 
Because this is something I don't impress upon myself often enough, but I I actually pull this nugget of information from a fucking guitar book I was looking at. (laughs) But here's the thing. All martial artists are self-taught. Yes. You can avail yourself of all the information in the world, but what you do is is what you do. You're self-taught. You have to decide how to parse the information you receive. You have to decide how much effort you're willing to invest in it. You're self-taught. So if Shaolin Do is where you can get what you need to further your training right now, then Shaolin Do is fucking fine in my book. And, you know, I, I will say if you practice Shaolin Do or any derivative of, you should be honest and open about where the stuff comes from or not knowing where it comes from like for example the tai chi chuan that i practice i don't know its history beyond my teacher showed it to me and then this is what i do and this is what i came up with <laughs> yeah you know the it's it's probably a derivative of cheng man ching's tai chi you know that's that's what it's it cl- most closely resembles that's what's taught right. in shaolin do as tai chi chuan you know right but um who knows it could have been learned from a book it could have been learned from a person it could have been learned from a video it could have been learned from his teacher just like he said it was nobody really knows and it doesn't really matter it doesn't affect any of us unless we're into preserving a tradition right but if you're into preserving a tradition this is a tradition also you know, it's a new tradition. It's not an ancient <laughs> tradition, but it's a tradition you can preserve if you want. It's a bit of a concocted <laughs> tradition, you know. <laughs> so there's trouble with that, but that doesn't mean that. And again, the individual instructors at these schools may have trained really hard at those schools, and also may have come in with a vast background from other places. Yeah, and they come in as their own person, and they're all self-taught. So. I, you know, I think this is a great email. It, it gives me hope, and it, don't worry about that. Whatever f- fuels you, yeah, train everything else possible. You know, swap paint with anybody you, you cross paths with that you can, and be open enough to learn from them. But, you know, don't let somebody fucking freeze you out of the game because you're Shaolin Do, and that just doesn't fly around here. You know, f- fuck that. I, I've I've had my fair share of people making fun of, of that bit of history about myself, you know, and, and then you swat them with the bitch (laughs) hand, you know, it's, it, and you know, the, that's what, what I'm looking for from every person that has made light of, of my history or whatever is some kind of skill that would make me think that I was missing something in what I was training, you know, in, in, in Shalindo. And, you know, the, the biggest problem I think, or one of the big problems with Shalindo and the way, that it has been trained in the in in general is the sheer amount of stuff that's taught at the speed that's taught you learn entirely too many things and you just keep on learning new things over and over and over where on one hand that's really good exercise your mind keeps you keeps you you know confused all the time yeah but it can make you a mile wide and an inch deep but yeah, yeah you know you're unless you really focus some time into a narrow set of things and then use all of the extra stuff to test that narrow set of things. I, I think you might be, you know, you might fall short on some of the self-defense ability, you know, that, that might come from it. But if you're not looking for self-defense, if you're just looking for an activity, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's, it's like 
going to a dance school or something, you learn a bunch of dances and you have fun, you swing a sword around and you know, you get a little yeah. green belt for after you learn a few forms <laughs> and you get a little blue one after you learn a few yeah, more or whatever. After you pay a few fees. Yeah. And you know, the 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 fee thing that that was, you know, always a point of contention for me personally with the system is I I, I don't wanna like I, I think a rank should be earned based on your personal merit and based on how good how much better you personally have become than when you started you know and and a lot of times it's based on you pay the fee and you go through some motions and you get it right well something we rarely have pointed out as much as we've talked about ranking systems here is that a lot of it is based on how well you've done individually like you know (laughs) You can promote someone who's not the baddest motherfucker on the planet yeah, if, to if black somebody, belt if they've come from someone who would be pushed over with a look when you met them to someone who can hold their own in a damn bar fight. Like about the most amount of that, improvement. That guy's earned a black belt. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's it, He's soaked up the material and made progress with it. Or she. So, yeah. If I'm, somebody's already fit and they can already fight you know, for them earning their black belt, I mean, it's a, it's a special thing, I'm I'm sure, or their whatever you want to call a black belt, they're earning their 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 rank, their recognition. Yeah, getting the two D. Yeah, you know, it's it's like a, I don't know. <laughs> right, and in the end, none of it matters because we're all self taught. It really comes down to the person you are, the work you do. And there's a, there's some luck involved, like everything else in life. You may chance across good instructors, but you know, I think plenty of shitty martial artists have chanced across good instructors and, and passed them by because they didn't fit some preconceived notion or whatever. And we have to be careful, you know, uh, those of us who have pristine ironclad lineages to not to write people off because of where they come from. They're all individuals. We're all individuals. Yeah. And you know, just because someone may happen to have a perfect lineage, I still like them. <laughs> I don't hold it against you. <laughs> well, like on paper, my lineage, from my perspective anyway, is ironclad. You know, yeah. it's it's short, it's sweet, it's to the point. I could, I could tout myself as like you know a fourth generation, fifth generation descendant of this fucking system that's popular around the world. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. I hate having the lineage conversation with people who are calling about classes. It's like if they go to that first, I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, you know, show up at class and I'll explain it. Whatever. Or, oh, here it is in a nutshell. But really, that doesn't matter. Show up, see if we. When can I work first well started with all this stuff, I like most people probably had no idea about the whole lineage thing and that it even existed. Right. Yeah. You know, all, all martial arts was the same to me. You know, then it's it was, all karate. It's all. It was all karate. Yeah. Hey-ya. Hi-ya. <laughs> Hi-ya. <laughs> yeah. So, um, thanks for the very provocative letter there, Judah. Um, and uh, you know, I hope that helps you because really, you should never be ashamed of where you got your skills. 
you know? And if, if you, you know, even if you didn't get skills, I've met some people from the Shaolin Do organization. Who thought they had who, skills but didn't? Well, or maybe, <laughs> I mean, I, w- I won't even say that they thought they had skills, but I've met some, I've met some humble, hardworking guys who right. know, have been practicing right. for a long time and they really love it, but they really do not have what I consider to be good martial arts skills. You know, and they may have been doing it for 20 years, you know, but I, I don't fault them for it. It's, it's no problem because they're all they're doing. They're just individuals. They're practicing. You know, it, it doesn't yeah. matter. They're not trying to sell me something. Everybody or, does it for yeah. a different reason yeah. to a different extent. You know, it's, yeah, they, it's when you're trying to sell me something that doesn't exist, though. That's when it becomes offensive to me. Yeah. And and you know the the leader of that organization, I would say, is guilty of that. You know, he's trying to sell you something that doesn't exist. But if you are aware of that, there's you know, there's no problem. And if your teacher is not trying to sell you those things that don't exist, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, we could go back to internal and I might argue that it doesn't really exist. It exists, but it doesn't exist as a thing in isolation. Is it like Zen? There is no internal? That's right. That's right. <laughs> the internal that can be named is not... <laughs> internal that's pretty deep take it take take any questions you have about that statement to your gastroenterologist however we should probably wrap this one up this has been a bruce i want to thank you for coming along this has been a really fun evening always a pleasure yeah and uh, we have as much fun off the mics as we do on (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i'm like oh damn that piece of conversation was better than what we just had on the microphone (laughs) yeah but I hey, walk around uh, mic'd up all the time. Yeah. But, you know, I, I actually like that about this podcast because I can listen back to them because I, I try not to actually listen to them as I edit them. I just try to, you know, I do what I have to do to mm-hmm. get it out and address the sound problems, you know. <laughs> but when it comes out, I always, you know, I sit back, I drink a couple of beers and I listen to it and I find myself coming up with, Oh, you know, well, you should talk about that. You know, it's, yeah. And I like that in other podcasts. So I think we're doing okay in that realm. You know, it's like if you, if it provokes a conversation in your own head or with your friends, that's what we're shooting for. We're not trying to lay down the law here. We're trying to, trying to stir the pot. That's all. Yeah. Laws are ever changing aren't they if you get new information the the laws of nature might change depending on the information you have right well yeah i mean ultimately the laws of nature <laughs> are the laws of nature but our concept of the laws of nature is continually That's what evolving I'm to say, yeah. yes yes absolutely and uh i i completely agree with that chi hugging and all <laughs> <laughs> all right bruce Dabby, <laughs> kapow. We're going to call this one a wrap, and uh, until episode 53, we will see ya. We want to be ya. <laughs> Call the shots, recall the club.